And welcome to Crash Chords Autographs. Hailing from La Mirada, California, is today's talented and humble nerdcore artist, YT Cracker. In his latest release, Introducing Niels, YT Cracker weaves a narrative around his character and a not-too-distant future world where web security and piracy prevention have become privatized. Hear him chat with Matt about his vision for this creative endeavor, extending from the music toward a visual medium and possible plans for a film adaptation. They also cover the importance of sacrifice in the pursuit of creating, completing, and promoting one's art, and the necessity to decompress in the interim. Even finding time to discuss a mutual love of League of Legends, here's presenting Matt Storm and YT Cracker. Hello, is this YT Cracker? It is indeed. How are you doing? Good. It's finally great to get to chat with you, buddy. Yeah, sorry. It's uh, been so uh, difficult. No, it's no problem. I mean... I'm sorry you had to go through all that bullshit and losing your card. That's the worst. I hate when that shit happens. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's part of the, the voyages, you know. Yeah. And it's it, shock it up every once in a while. <laughs> Deal with it. So um, I'm glad to have you on the show. Um, I've had a you be one of many nerdcore rappers I've had on, and I've heard you first. I discovered you through a ton of other artists because you're featured just about on every record I think I've ever heard. Um, definitely a lot of the latest stuff. From um, from earlier stuff from Adam Warrock and from Shape of the Dark Lord. And so I was like, oh, let me check out what this guy's about. And then I discovered um, The Link, which might be one of my favorite songs of yours. Excellent. Excellent. Because I was like, oh, The Link. I was like, oh, The Link. This must be about Zelda. I wonder if it's any good. And then my mind was blown. Excellent. That's, that's good. That was, that was the intended reaction I wanted. So. Well, that's good. Uh, mission accomplished. <laughs> So, um, obviously, you have your brand new record out, Introducing Niels, which is a concept record um, that I have also been listening to quite a bit. Where did the... Uh, so, obviously, it's this huge story about corporate takeover and limiting of internet and, you know, restriction of internet use and all this stuff, a future that doesn't seem super unrealistic. Where did this inspiration come from for the, for this new record? Um, like, last uh, February, so... About a year ago, I guess. I just, uh, I don't know what it was. I, I'm pretty sure drugs were involved or something. Like that. <laughs> I was just thinking about this whole story. And uh, then um, I, uh, th there's a lot of like synthwave music that I've listened to and been kind of producing. And, and I really love the like 1980s aesthetic. And so it sort of became this, uh, I don't know where I've, uh, initially, I think that I had like the kind of just how I wanted to sound in my head, but then just more or less, it became this kind of thing. I just sort of started developing like the story, and uh, it changed. I mean, even as the album was being produced, there were certain things I needed to reconcile, like the plot or whatnot, but um, it just sounded like a crazy idea to me, and then I was like, well, I kind of want to make it a movie, too. It, it works better, I think. Um, 
it's sort of like an audio book as it is, but, but yeah. with by you know having a fucking um, having a uh, what do you call it a uh, a visual like representation of it I thought was also kind of key to telling the story. But again, really like I could not tell you exactly where it came from. It just sort of hit me, and I made it. <laughs> um, did the did any of the songs exist before the album concept did, or did it all just kind of get born of that narrative? The the, the music. No, it all. Like, well, the, I think the first song that I did do was the Introducing Neil's, like, uh, song. And then the rest of it, yeah. Like, so pretty much everything came out of this story. And so all the, when I had, I was working with Decepticon and Amplitude Problem mm-hmm. uh, on the on the music and uh, myself, obviously, and then. Mitch Murder is on a track and Tanner's on a track, but every track that I was just getting sent, I was trying to figure out how to place it within the narrative of the story, like what would be the best place for it or, um, you know, what's the best lyrics to go with it. So I just had this plot skeleton sort of thing and then filled in the blank to all the, the different music that we were making. Um, was that a harder structure to write within? Because, I mean, your other al- your other albums are more or less, I mean, they're still a through line, but it's mostly, you know, here's a nerdy thing, here's a cool thing, here's an idea. You know, they're, they're not so connected. Was it harder to write when it was such a connected narrative? Uh, not really. Like, sort of, it's more just like kind of making sure that, you know, so for instance, like with the Cronenberg album that I did, like the each song, um, had something to do with like that part in the game as well. Like it, it had some sort of like allegorical tie to it, like where the beat was in the game and what was going on at the time, and then like kind of what I'm talking about. Right. So those things are a little easier to kind of. In this piece of this this album, it wasn't necessarily like difficult to, because again I had an idea of the, of the story or whatever. Just more like what tone you're evoking, like what feel, like how it fits with the pacing of the album. Because there's a ton of beats too that like we were not even using for those right. projects, so it was mainly just like something sounded like it belonged. Like, oh, okay, this would be good for the arcade. This would be good for the, you know, the betrayal, the figures or whatever. Like, that's just pretty much the only uh, thing that was whatever. But yeah, all the beats I guess were made prior to stuff getting written in them. So do you typically um, work on producing the beats first and then write lyrics, or is it kind of can go either way sometimes? Almost exclusively. Like, I'm, most of the time what will happen otherwise is, like, I'll have a song that, like, I may have started writing another beat, and then we figure out, like, it would go better with a different beat, and sometimes that happens. But very rarely do I write without having, like, some type of a, backing music done beforehand cool awesome and um so you mentioned also that you're you're interested in trying to turn this into a movie as well um would would your idea for the movie be more narrative driven and less about the music or would you want it to be kind of like a hip-hop musical narrative well actually like um i mean uh, the first 10 minutes already already on like uh the the thing was, we so like right after I finished uh, recording the album, mm-hmm. I went to uh, I was supposed to just go right into like doing this aggressive crowdfunding for a movie, mm-hmm. and uh, what wound up happening is um, 
I just I kind of went into decompression mode instead because like I'd been working like solid for eight months or whatever on on the album, and sure. so instead of taking like a break, I kind of wanted to having to take a forced break, and this is it's happening right in the middle of when I needed to be drumming up press for the for the movie and stuff. So needless to say, like that kind of thing was sort of an abysmal failure. Uh, so I'm probably gonna wind up having to do this like secondary push on um, the press push to get like everything more attention surrounding it. I mean, it's something I'm I'm totally willing to fund 100% myself. It's just a matter of like having eyes on it. Like sure. you don't want a tree to fall in the forest and no one to hear it type thing. And gotcha. that's kind of what I'm dealing with with this. So yeah, it, but it's, all it is is the music. Like it's like just think of it like thriller or something like that. Like it's just a it would be an hour-long music video, like. Oh, cool! So yeah. Not, so that's yeah, the movie is not like a, a separate movie or anything like that. It's more just like following the music of the of the movie, making it like a music video type thing. That would actually be very cool. Something like that hasn't been done in a while, and like, I mean, Thriller. I remember the huge hit Thriller was, and that was only like ten or eleven minutes, and like it's this big epic story in this small time based around that song. So yeah, doing a whole hour that would be kind of just one giant music video would be pretty cool. And then you could also kind of chop it up into smaller music videos too, if you wanted to release it like on YouTube in that format and stuff. Well, yeah, that's so like right now. If you go to if you go to youtube.com forward slash uh, introducing Neil, um, there's a few, uh, a couple of videos. Of, I, there's a, the final one I haven't even uploaded yet, really. Mm-hmm. But you can kind of see how it was progressing, like the initial, like, you know, and it was just the drawings and the storyboards. And sure. now it's become like a whatever, but I mean, getting there. Cool. Awesome. Um, are you now I know you're obviously traveling. We're chatting while you're in the airport. Are you on tour or are you just is this aside from 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 music related stuff? No, I just came out. To, I, well, initially, like I come here to I came to L.A. To, like, oh, I drew up some more support for the album and stuff. But right. I, I went up like shooting. I went up shooting something for sci fi and like, I have to like a couple of these screenwriters do this thing. I'm just being a stupid idiot. I do Hollywood idiot. And then uh, <laughs> I came to San Francisco and goofing off there. Like, I've really just been goofing off a lot the last few months. I have no idea what I'm doing with my life. I'm just uh, like a meteor in the in the cosmos, just waiting to run into a planet. Well, it sounds like you have some ideas of direction, and you'll get there. Um <laughs> Do you plan on going on tour and, and touring the music as well? Do you have a, a plan oh, for that? Oh, definitely. Yeah, like, the thing is that if I tour on this album, like, I kind of got to actually have to think about it a little bit more because I'd like it to be more of a multimedia presentation, like, in the sense that it's just how it has to be presented. Um, right. You know, and then kind of think of, like, more of an abridged set to do that, like, kind of hits all the right buttons that doesn't like just too heavy handed with the bullshit and stuff but I mean I think it's I think it could be like a really well done like performance piece if it's done right and so it, it would have required a lot of faking but yeah I mean I haven't been on a proper tour in like, quite a while it's just been a bunch of one-offs uh, which has its advantages but at the same time it's like when you're on tour you tend to get in a more of a like a more of a grind, like more of a, more of a system, and especially to mill that system really well. And I, I appreciate that more, I think, like than just doing a show, or two shows, three shows a month. I think. Right. Gotcha. Well, that makes sense. I mean, you're getting into the groove of it almost makes it easier to do 
you know, a couple nights a week or whatever it is. Um, yeah, you autopilot. Yeah, pretty much. Um, when you're not writing music or on tour or, or working on introducing meals, as it's now out, do you have any preferred pastime things you do that's not music-related hobbies? I'm, I've been playing a lot of Eve Online lately. Uh, <laughs> but usually, like, I just, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm, just, I'm a real weird character. I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know what I want to be when I grow up or any kind of stuff. I just sort of kind of fly through space and time and work on stuff. But, I mean, I always have the Internet and I always have Internet marketing and I always have, I can do card tricks and, I can play the guitar, like, you know, there's all kinds of different things I can do. But I am might try being homeless for a little while, see how that works out. I don't, I don't know. That's what it is. I'm always on an adventure. <laughs> I mean, I, at least you can't say it's boring, right? You can say it's always exactly. interesting, which I feel it's like is important. Um, so of, the, of the, the new album, Introducing Niels, do you have a – a specific track that you're particularly proud of. I mean, obviously you enjoy the whole project as a whole, but for example, if you were to perform it live, is there one particular track on that new record that you would look forward to really doing live that you like a lot? Hmm. That has like changed every time. Like I really like enjoy what was the, the latest track. I'd say like my favorite track on the album now is probably fortune or freedom for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Something about how it how it sounds. But I yeah. don't really like I like them all. I mean they're all cute enough. So. Uh, the, 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 each one stylistically is kind of different. Like the introducing meal is like the original one I usually do because it's like pretty in your face and it it spans out of context of the album pretty easily. Right. I think I think Golden Girl can do that, and I think that Barcade Date maybe can do that. I don't know. There's a few songs in there that like you can kind of rip out of the album or the context of the album and still have them make and do whatever. But everything else is so storyline heavy that it's just like I mean, it's like opening up a book to like the middle of the and try to figure out what's going on. But I don't know. But uh, yeah, I'd say like. I don't know, Fortune of Freedom or the Introducing Eels track, like, are, the, are just probably the funnest to do live. Cool. Um, the the next thing I wanted to ask, so obviously this album didn't come out that long ago. It, I believe it came out the end of last year. Is that correct? Correct, correct, yeah. Uh, um, do you, have you started working on another record, or are you just going to kind of focus on this and getting the movie shot and that kind of stuff, or have you already started working on your next project? Um... I ha- yeah, all I've been really focusing on is this, and I haven't even been really doing a good job of, of that. Like, I've had a lot of weird, like, life events that have taken place the last month or so that have sort of thrown me for a loop. So, I'm, I'm just, again, that's kind of why I've been in the wind in California, like, looking like an idiot. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Even if I had an idea what to do next, I don't think I would like be able to give it like 100% attention that it would need. Um, I have some ideas of like what I think I want to do, but um, yeah, realistically, like right now, Neil's is just a pretty big focus because I already feel like I failed it, and I, I don't want I don't like to feel that way. I like to feel at least I failed going down like a boss. 
Well, I, I think that you, you're, you're passionate about this project. So for sure, I don't think it's dead in the water. I think that you keep focusing on it and then there's a direction for it. And um, it makes sense with a record like this. I mean, the narrative is so strong and it's about stuff that's, you know, not that unbelievable to happen. This idea that our, our internet would be so heavily policed that you'd be arrested just for downloading a TV show is not so far and depending on where the laws go in the next couple of years. So it's kind of right. this cautionary tale, which I think is really interesting because I haven't heard a ton of concept albums in, in Nerdcore. There are a few, you know, but the, the ones that stand out the most is yours, which just came out. And then Schaefer's came out a couple of years ago. They're, they're the only two that I know of off the top of my head that really have this very strong through line that's, you know, very much a story. And I think what's really great about yours is that it's kind of this, on the surface, it's this sci-fi epic, but at its core, it's actually something that's not too hard to believe, which which I think is a really cool way to wrap up a story like that. Oh, yeah, I feel the same way. Like, I, just, I, I really like even just thinking of the idea. And then part of the thing is like while I was writing it and then recording it, like there's a lot of things that really, I mean, I had already kind of touched on it as a plot point in the song or whatever or in the album, and then all of a sudden, like, a week later or a month later, you'd see this news article come out, and it would be, like, verbatim, like, exactly like what, what I just recorded in the song. So, so it was really, really creepy for a little while because <laughs> I was, like, I was like predicting the future. Like, it was it was very, I don't know, and it would, it would be a real shame if I was right the whole time. But, I mean, this, a lot of, like, the whole, like, even the proposed merger, like, hadn't, even broke yet i think when i first like between the comcast and time warner yeah i don't even think that was that i don't think that has been like even public news like when that that was like kind of one of the biggest plot lines and then just thing after thing after thing yes i mean it's like it's really scary because it's not it's not the future i would like to see but it's kind of where we're headed so i mean yeah deal with it so, um, have you always been into rap and hip hop? Have you been doing this for a long time, or is this something that you came to later on in life? Um, I've been in it since I was maybe sixteen or seventeen. Like as far as just a hobbyist, I wouldn't say. I I mean, even to this day, like I don't think I ever expected it to be something that was a professional, and you know that I had a, a chance to feature in or something. It's still, it's still amazing to me that people can do do crap about it because, like, I don't, I don't know. It, it totally, it hit me accidentally. But like, um, I, I mean, it's just like an art form, and I, I've always loved it. But it's not, I don't know. If I had my brothers, I don't know if I would. Have, I don't know. It's just weird. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how something find you. You know, like right. something, something. Find you. Um, would you say um, you have a particular specific set of influences for your style of rap? Or there are certain rappers, either nerdcore or not nerdcore, that have influenced your style? Um, my style, like, uh, even I, I know that I've evolved uh, over the years. I don't know if it's for better or for worse or whatever. There's been a lot of different, I mean, stylistically, like how my sound is you know, change over the years. I, I have no idea, like, really, like, I could be appropriating any number of people that I'm listening. The, the thing is, 
especially lately, like I haven't really been listening to as much rap as I used to or whatever. Like I still have a very um you got snapped out of an era. Like, you know, everybody kinda of my age or whatever would say like, you know, mid nineties rap was the top of the game and Yeah. Uh, and you know, every music sucks beyond that and so stuff. <laughs> a lot of the stuff that I listen to is still very like I know it's a, it's a classic the things that I used to listen to or whatever but and their style never changes but for some reason like the mine has so I don't know if it's just what I'm how I'm being influenced by it but really it's just is there um... a <laughs> Is there an interest to uh, do anything beyond nerdcore? You say you play, you said you play guitar. Um, are you have any interest in trying other genres of music, making a rock and roll band, something like that, or is you are you just kind of focused on this? Well, I mean, when I was in high school, like I was in a punk band. You know, I mean, I goof off or I mean, I do a lot of like. The, you know, I produce a lot too. Like, sure. but I'm I'm a terrible producer. Like, it, comparatively speaking, like, there's a lot of friends of mine that I have that are incredibly talented and world famous and stuff at what they do, and I watch them work, and I, I I'm just completely in awe of their stuff. Like, so I mean, I know my limitations, but I just music's always been a big part of my life. Period, and I like dabbling in it and stuff. And, but again, I don't really have any misgivings. I'm not gonna be, you know, the next Paul McCartney or anything like that. So I just, just I just know my lane. I stay in it. And just, just to have fun is the biggest part, I guess. No, sure. I mean, you should be having fun doing art. Otherwise, it kind of doesn't really have as much meaning. And plus, we already have a Paul McCartney in the world too. We don't need another one. You know, you going your yeah, path I mean, as YT Cracker, I think, is is a good path to be on. I will, uh, I will, I will continue to be me. Hopefully, most of the body snatches or something like that. Um. So we were talking about hobbies, and you you mentioned Eve Online. Are you a big gamer? Do you play other games besides Eve, or is that kind of your one focus, the one game you like playing? Eve, I just picked up like uh, October, November, or something like that. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I just, uh, but I mean, yeah, I'm always playing. I'm always playing games, different games. I don't know. Like my daughter and I like to just beat games, but I, I don't even know what I've been playing lately. Like she be we be beyond two schools together, but that's a little older. That's like a year older. But she wanted it for this Christmas. And then uh, I don't know. Like what? I just yeah. I, like my Steam library is filled with games that I. Have played, don't play. This was it. I'm mainly been PC Master Race type stuff. Like I, yeah. as big of a console gamer, like the last console games I've really been beating the shit out of were GTA Five and uh, Last of Us. It was such a killer nice. game. But um, aside from that, I mean, I don't know. The console games, my daughter and stuff. She's into me. I'm just more the PC gaming stuff. It seems like it's a common problem with Steam, and because I have Steam myself, it's like you see something on sale and you can get like eight games for a dollar, and you're like, oh, I'll buy those eight games for a dollar, and then you don't you go years without playing any of those eight games because you don't have the time to play them. Yeah, it's, there's so many games I never installed, like based off stuff I got on Humble Bundles or. Oh sure. 
gifts and, and everything. So, yeah, but the one thing everyone's been trying to get me to play is Hearthstone or, or League, either one. Like, it's, it's uh, and I've not gotten, I've not bitten those, those bullets yet. But I used to, um, I don't know, I like watching them on Twitch and stuff, just like, and watching people talk about things they have no idea about, and then like, getting <laughs> excited. Uh, that's been my, uh, I guess, my gaming experience lately. But yeah, I actually did an interview with Beefy a couple weeks back, and he was telling me I didn't know he was a, a League of Legends fan, so we blabbed about that for a while. And that's one of those games where at first you might hate it, but once it hooks you, you're gonna play it all the time. It just it, it devoured a, a year or two of my life because I would just go online and play that every night with my friends. Um, and so those kind of games are dangerous. Once you kind of pull the cord on those, you get sucked in for a while. I got some friends that are like in the, I think it's like Diamond Thunder Challenger. Like there's the, the, the Platinum, the Diamond, and the, the Challenger. Is that the, the, the ladder the way it works? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there's the ranked matches and you can get into a certain league which is based on your level and blah blah blah. Yeah, I know some people that like are just right on that pro cusp even, but it's like the same type of thing I was talking about the music, like where you know, there's just this once you kinda go down the rabbit hole, like you can totally become a programmer. But then I mean that's what's nuts, is that's actually like a sport here and you know, in two thousand fifteen, like people are Making <laughs> like serious endorsement deals and money and stuff like that, just being able to legalize. Yeah, yeah, it's that's that just seems like so insane to me. It's not like that. I have friends that are like deliberately like don't you know they haven't totally like gone all the way into. I mean they're super super good, super, and they could totally like it's a jumble challenger, but it's a matter of just like how many you know do I have to double the amount of time I put in this game and then, you know looking my way into stardom. Um, I want to bring it back now to what I was mentioning my my favorite song of yours is uh, The Link which I got really into because of course I'm a diehard Zelda fan Um, uh, was that song so that song obviously is inspired by Zelda the beat especially which has got this kind of ramped up almost race car style version of the Zelda theme Um, where did the idea for a song about Zelda come from? Did it just come from your love of doing Zelda and creating this kind of beat, or did you just kind of fall into it? Well, and off of um, the Nerd Rap Entertainment system, um, there was a song called The Legend, right? which uh, sampled um, the Legend of Zelda as well. But, like, um, honestly, with the link, what's so crazy about it is, like, there's this game called Kung Fu, um, and it just had this, like, whatever it be. And initially, like, when Decepticon and I were working on it, like, that's what we had. Um, we were using that with the beat, with the drums. We had the drums set up the way we had them, and then we were, we were using the Kung Fu um, song. And uh, then... I don't know what it was, but then Decepticon was like, yo, let's try it with this uh, this Zelda beat and let's chop it up a little bit or whatever. So it was actually Decepticon's idea to even like move it into that Zelda direction. And then when he did it that way, we were like, this sounds so much better. Like, let's do it this way. 
so then obviously then that the beat informs the song title because like obviously if it was kung fu like we wouldn't call it the link and right <laughs> that became like so yeah the entire like creative process when we were developing that beat so it didn't actually start out that way it started out as the kung fu beat and then Zelda but the one throwback is at the very very end of the link song it still has the kung fu like winning uh like when you win the game and yeah. when you when you get the broad mm-hmm. um that 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 like do, 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 that that song is actually still in there even though it's from kung fu we left it <laughs> that's awesome so that's that's behind the music on that <laughs> I, well, I don't know if anyone really knows that story but <laughs> well i mean I, my audience is i mean at this point i've interviewed a bunch of nerdy people so they've got to be expecting some semblance of explanation and nerd references if they're listening to this podcast so i think that's we're safe. okay good that's good <laughs> Um, but that's cool. I mean, it's, 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 it's interesting to hear, you know, I, I've spoke to a lot of musicians. It's always interesting to hear how the process works and that sometimes even if you have a set way of doing things, sometimes momentary ideas and influences can c- completely change the course of a song that you're working on. Oh, totally. Yeah. I think that happens to me more than not. Like a lot of times I'm not very like, you know, it's just, it's like what's weird about like making music and stuff is like sometimes like you're if you try to force it like you usually you can usually tell that you know it's gonna suck or whatever like uh <laughs> or you can kind of make it work like if you get if you're good enough like you can kind of like force inspiration or whatever and that's like why i've always hated you know having deadlines and having all those types of like weird restrictions and, and stuff uh like, I would hate to be, like, have a label that's, like, you need to have three albums out every two years type thing. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you kind of stick to the... Yeah, the whole process, again, it's supposed to be fun, so you might as well have a good time while you're doing it. Sure, totally. Um, the, the next thing I wanted to ask is, so obviously, you know, when talking about the writing process and that, you know, you feel like it's always an evolutionary process. Have you ever come to like a song that you were working on or, or a concept for a song that you're working on and you just can't make it work? Do you have any songs that are kind of like in the archive that maybe someday you hope you can change that you couldn't figure quite figure out? Um, to be honest, I mean, there is actually like some, there's a decent amount of like, I would say like, yeah, things that, like, I mean, unrecorded recorded stuff that I never released or that I, like, briefly released for, like, two people to hear and then didn't, whatever. I mean, there's a, a swap of unreleased material. Most of it, though, is, like, um, I don't know, like, just stuff I was, like, goofing on out with or whatever. But uh, usually, like, it depends on how important a song is. To think. Like, for instance, like, with the introducing meals, like, I was, there's some problems I had, like, when I was, like, struggling with, like, writing... It or like what I was supposed to be saying or what I should have been saying, and um, so I mean I would like work on another song and then come back to it. And usually that happens a lot, but I mean I wouldn't say there's any, you know, amazing gems sitting in my unreleased folder. <laughs> something like if I if I turn up dead or something like that, then somebody can get a hold of them and remake them if they want to. But realistically, <laughs> like I wouldn't say that there's anything that anyone's missing out on that's been too amazing. Okay, well, I mean, but the, if anything, that's a, that says that you're pretty focused when you're working on something and that you tend to, 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 to finalize what you've got, which is not a bad skill, you know, being able to kind of arrange what you're working with and not, not 
worry about that kind of stuff. Um, well, I think part, part of the problem you can't like uh, you can't um, like if it's not coming that easily, then it's probably not a good idea. You know what I mean? Like it's, right. it's normally like the easier that something comes to you, like the 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 better, like the more fluid it's going to sound. And so like yeah, if you notice you're just like kind of clunking over things a little too much or whatever, you're trying to shoehorn in you know different stuff I, I don't that's that kind of people can, i think that translates into the song you know like people can hear that you, you don't give a shit so right and i and then i i think it's really important above all to be genuine you know i think the reason another reason uh introducing meals works really well is because the story it, it's a very genuine narrative that you're presenting pretty pretty frankly you're not trying to you know there's some fun stuff and some interesting stuff in it but you're not trying to pull the wool over people's eyes or be insincere it's a it's a really cool story that you've created kind of created it with this heart and and mind of here's a thing here's a great story get into it you know you're not trying to shove it in people's face thank you i appreciate the uh vote of confidence (laughs) (laughs) well i think i think also there's there's a distinct lack of smart music you know and smart music doesn't have to be complicated or overly intricate it just has to it has to make you think a little and a lot of pop music and mainstream music now it's just here's 10 songs that are loosely strung together by the fact that they're on the same album um and i think that's a problem with modern music whereas you know i find in a lot of indie rap and indie rock a lot of people have these higher concepts where they're like well what if we did a story you know, what would that be like? And to put it in that framework, I think is really great, especially since it's not only just it's this one's less of a quote unquote nerdcore record because you're not rapping about Zelda or Kung Fu or whatever else or Earthbound. You're you're rapping about Internet related stuff and then a hacker. But it's a story, you know, which I guess is nerdy in its own right. But it's in a different way. You're you're making people think in a different way, too. Well, and that's like that's the biggest thing behind that, though, is that like you can't. I don't know. I was even talked to like my super famous friends the other day about like just the, the whole the model of the uh, the album is like so like people are not buying albums anymore the way that they they used to and and it's kind of like we're at a single based you know art form type shit the singles are the ones that are like getting out there and and uh, you know getting the radio play and stuff yeah. It's really it's really hurting like though because like that's the part of it is you know like things like Dark Side of the Moon, you know, which is iconic Pink, Pink Floyd record, you know like that a lot of people say it changed in the face of music. There's a lot of I think there's an audience out there that's looking for things like this. Yeah. But again, finding them and like uh, you know because part of like the Brave New World part is rather than there's so much saturation of you know, everyone, if you go to any YouTube video, you're going to see a bunch of people, like, saying, like, yo, check out my mixtape, check out my mixtape, check out my mixtape. Like, the, 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 the entire, <laughs> I guess, landscape of music is saturated with all these, like, other spammers. You know, it's hard to find the audience, you know, precisely that's, like, going to listen to your, to your stuff and take it seriously. So much white noise. It's hard to say, like, you know, I could just be another guy that sucks. I mean, maybe I do suck. Who knows? But, like, I could just be another guy that's not... That's not making sense of that I'm not in neutrality, and it's just like Doctor reads like Doctor Seuss and stuff. So, there's a lot of chaff, you know, in in art and and stuff, and so as a result, like I don't really fault the consumer because they've been given just crap for years and yeah and stuff. So again, it's all a matter of 
and see if I can find these intelligent people and somehow touch them in their hearts and have them enjoy the music, and then I've done my job. <laughs> there you go. That's a that's a great way to be, I think, um, and a great way to look at it. But you're right. Yeah, the 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 modern consumer market is to blame, not the consumer themselves, but the garbage. The, the record companies that are putting out garbage are the ones to blame. But you know, you can't help it. If you've got a certain hook, sometimes that's enough, and if they can print money with it, that's what they're going to go with. You know, the projects that are more intelligent, but are great, but they require more work and more focus. Like an album like yours. You can't just hand it to somebody on the street and go, oh, do you like, do you like rap here? Here, listen to this. You'll love it. Because yeah. you don't know. You know, like I'm a, me, I'm a nerd. I'm a sci-fi fan. I'm, uh, you know, I'm into stories and video games and all that stuff. So like your record appeals to me because it's on multiple levels. I mean, honestly, the thing that made me most curious about your record is it showed up in my feed with someone else listening to it on Spotify. And I saw the photo, the album cover that looks very almost Bioshock-esque with the guy's hand and the windshield and all that stuff. Yeah. And I saw that and I was like, oh, that looks cool. What What the fuck is this about? This is that guy who did the link. What What the hell is this? Did he, you know, like, at first I thought maybe it was a Bioshock record or something. And then when I clicked through and saw that it was like, it, the titles alone gave it this kind of story. I was like, oh, well, I wonder what that is. So you're never sure what's going to grip people, but I guess you have to give them that shot. And, and sometimes the modern market doesn't do that. That's what it is, yeah. And and, and that's one thing about, like, as a spammer guy, like, I know, like, that there's certain things that just it isn't, isn't an effective, like, if you, if you've ever walked down a busy city street, there's always a guy, like, trying to make you listen to his mixtape or, yeah, uh, you know, and again, like, it's, it's just everybody's, like, spamming, spamming, spamming. But people, like, hate having, like, art thrown on them. Like, people yeah. hate being, like, forced to listen to things, forced to watch things. It's almost like a commercial. So, like, it's it's a different... You have to take a different approach to music when you're, like, promoting it. And, and, and so, like you said, the way you came in through it, it's kind of like it was more your decision than it was, you know, somebody making that decision for you, uh, right. which is, like, if you turn on the radio, like, they play what they're playing. Like, you can't really... You know, I mean, you can change the station, but, you know, like, that's how you... They, they get you. That's how they get you. They force you. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that's kind of always been the goal with even the show with Crash Chords Autographs. So we have another podcast that we do on my website called Crash Cor the Crash Chords Podcast, which is a music review show we do weekly. And I, I you know, I, I love reviewing music and I feel like I'm, it's, we're the only people still listening on an album level and analyzing stuff on an album level. But that was very much, here's an album, we reviewed it, if you like it, check it out, or if you're interested in that album, check it out. Whereas the Autographs, the series that I'm having you on, is a purely interview show with artists. And my only goal with this is hoping that if, say someone tunes into one of my first interviews, which was with Tribe One, and they, they're a huge Tribe One fan, and they love Nerdcore, they, and they follow my podcast since then, they'll get to you and see, oh, why is he Cracker? Oh, he's a Nerdcore rapper also. I wonder what he's done. And like right. that's the goal is to start a conversation, show that a lot of these artists, all these artists are people who love stuff and have a sense of humor and are good people. And, and oh, you should check out their music, too. You know, it kind of makes right. it their choice. Like they listen into the conversation and go, oh, he's really talking about this album a lot, this introducing Niels. Maybe I should check it out, you know, because I think it's important then, to spread good art. Well, and that's like what I don't that it's really cool. Like I've always liked about this the nerdcore community or whatever it's been very supportive like all around as far as how I'm, like just 
that generally, like, even if it's not the same, because there's, in the, in the nerdcore, even sub-genre, like, uh, that there's only two of us, I think, as far as me and dualcore, yeah. like, are, that do a lot of the hacker, like, the hacker-centric type stuff, and to do it with, like, do it really well. And, um, you know, because, like I said, most other nerdcore, you know, nerdcore, even within and of itself, has a lot of different fandoms, a lot of different disciplines, a lot of different songs and stuff like that. And so, I mean, even within the nerdcore community, like, because I've been, I guess, one of the older artists, like, in the genre, uh, people give myself a, a listen differently. But, you know, there's, even within nerdcore, like, there's a lot of times where you wouldn't think that, like, this like the gamer nerd would get the hacker nerd stuff, or like the D and D nerd would get the um you know Earthbound stuff, you know whatever. Like yeah. so there's like a whole different like even within like the nerd culture, like Star Trek versus Star Wars battles and all that. Like there's an entire like there's you know dividing lines between that. And but for some reason like most nerd or artists like uh. And the fans of the genre too, like all we all come together, like on even though we're we're separate but equal type thing, like we all have like our our nerddoms and stuff, and so it allows people that aren't so nerdy about a subject to get into something that they may not know nothing about, and then you know the other way around, so it's good. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, what's cool is uh, there are a lot of artists that I've met purely through doing this show, and there are other artists that I've become very good friends with just through the internet and through other artists and or through other fans. And it's it's one of my favorite communities. I mean, I became friends with Shaver the Dark Lord. And then from there, like I met everybody else in, in the genre or heard their music through him in the genre. And it's and everyone's so supportive. Whenever you go to a show, it's like, oh, I know that guy. I've seen him online. I know that guy, too. You know, it's it's yeah. it's a really it's cool thing. More, it's more of a culture and like friends and stuff like that than it is like this, like, yeah, fan like artist fan relationship or something like everyone's usually like really like you know it's an inclusive group of people so it's good absolutely i agree um i want to thank you yt crack for taking the time to chat with me it's been a pleasure as a fan um and as a person who does interviews it's it's a pleasure to always talk to people who are doing great art um if people want to check out (laughs) if uh, if people want to check out uh introducing neils where's the best place for them to pick it up um, on Bandcamp, uh, introducing, you know, it's uh, com or like if, uh, I said the YouTube, the videos that are currently uploaded are at youtube.com forward slash introducing meals. But I'm I, right now the introducing com site, I have to redesign it here. Like I was in the next couple of days and get it more of a repository of what's exactly going on with the project because another one of my problems here is it's been total like terrible information uh so just um yeah like uh those but those two places i guess just like look for it well great well i have a few other interviews to come up for this one so when it does come up i'll shoot you a text and if the website's good to go and there's any other information you want to supply me with i'll make sure that i have it it'll probably go up in about um it's bi-weekly release show so it could be about a month before the the episode goes up but when it does i'll reach out and make sure i have all the info you need so we can properly promote everything that you're working on man Sounds fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a great night, man. Have a safe trip. You too, man. Thanks a lot. All right. Bye. If you enjoyed these interviews, please subscribe to this and the Crash Chords podcast on iTunes, where you can also rate us and review us. You can also like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Crash Chords Web, our Tumblr, and our YouTube channel. 
If you have any questions or comments, feel free to post in the comment area below each post. And keep the discussion going, because remember, music is life, and life is good.